This is Rennie, and you're listening to the morning show on CHMA 106.9 FM. Hello, and welcome to Tanchamar Report on CHMA 106.9 FM and chmafm.com. We're broadcasting from Sackville, New Brunswick, the heart of the Maritimes, on the traditional and unceded lands of the Mi'kmaq people. I'm Erica Butler. It's Tuesday, May 2nd, coming up on today's show. The truth must dazzle gradually or every man be blind. That's the voice of Mount Allison English professor Robert Lapp, channeling Emily Dickinson at the university's last lecture in April. Lapp is retiring from his tenure at Mount Allison this year, and journalist Bruce Wark sat in on his last lecture entitled Telling It Slant, How to Tell the Truth. We'll bring you Wark's report coming up shortly, right after some news news and information briefs. The Sackville Water System Annual Flushing Program started last night and will continue through until Friday, May 12th, during which time residents may notice sediment or discoloration of water. Tanchamar Public Works and Dartmouth contractor Aquadata run the unidirectional flushing program, which pumps high-velocity water through the town's mains in order to clear up built-up sediment like iron and manganese. A public notice from the town says while the flushing program occurs over a large area, Water to individual properties should only be affected for a short period of time, between 30 minutes to an hour. If residents want more information, they can call the Public Works Department at 364-4960 between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. The Black Duck Bakery and Grocery Store will be closing permanently this weekend. The shop will be open 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. all week, but its final day will be Saturday, May 6th. Shop owners Sarah Evans and Al Barber will continue to run their next-door bistro, Ducks Aren't Real, which is open for dinner from Wednesday through to Saturday. As of May 1st, Atlantic physicians are able to practice in any Atlantic province by opting into the Atlantic Physician Registry. 
A news release from the Council of Atlantic Premiers on Monday says that physicians would pay an annual fee of $500 to be on the register, but would no longer be subject to locum or temporary license fees. The new registry is the result of cooperation between the four Atlantic premiers and registrars from the four Atlantic colleges of physicians and surgeons. And now for today's feature. Every year, members of the graduating class at Mount Allison University choose a professor they would like to hear from one last time. It's called The Last Lecture, and this year, that last lecture was delivered on April 4th by Robert Lapp, head of the Mount A English Department. Lapp began by noting that this literally will be his last lecture since he's retiring this spring after 25 years of teaching at the university. Today on Tantramar Report, we hear excerpts from Robert Lapp's last lecture called Telling It Slant, How to Tell the Truth. We'll also hear his thoughts on retirement, how poetry helps us to see the truth, and also how eco-poetry helps us to cope with the often unpleasant and paradoxical truths of climate change. Robert Lapp was introduced by Mount Allison graduating student Aaron Dumville. It is now time for our last lecture. Every year, the graduating class chooses the faculty member they would like to see deliver the last lecture. This year, we were excited to announce that Dr. Robert Lapp was selected. Dr. Lapp was a faculty member in the Department of English. His passion for teaching has made him a beloved professor among Mount Allison students, and we are thrilled to have him join us here on the eve of his retirement. Please give a warm welcome to Dr. Robert Lapp. Well, thank you, Erin, for that generous introduction. And thank you, class of 2023, for inviting me to deliver your last lecture. I'm especially grateful for this honor because it's literally my last lecture. <laughs> and like you, I'll soon be heading out into a new phase of life, which I can only hope will be as challenging and exciting and fulfilling as the one you're building for yourself right now. How do you feel about retirement? How do I feel about retirement is a good question. On the one hand, I'm sad to leave the uh, intensity and joy that comes from, say, building a course, inviting the students in, um, meeting them on that first day, setting forth a series of challenges for them, watching them accomplish those challenges. I love that, and I will miss that, there's no doubt minutes because I want to take up that old and ancient theme, how to tell the truth. And four years of university will have taught you that the truth is rarely simple and at the very least requires a ton of data. Now in the English department, our instinct is always to turn to the writers and poets for wisdom on these issues. So let's start with that wise elder, Emily Dickinson, who has this to say on the topic of telling the truth. Tell all the truth, she says, but tell it slant. Success in circuit lies. Too bright for our infirm delight, the truth's superb surprise. As lightning to the children eased with explanation kind, the truth must dazzle gradually, or every man be blind. Well, telling the truth, but telling it slant, 
is a way of embracing the fact that it's difficult to tell the truth as long as we're immersed in language with its differences. And so I turn to the poets for how to do that positively, tell the truth but tell it slant, by referring to the power of metaphor to allow us to see truths that would otherwise be invisible. Tell all the truth but tell it slant? The truth must dazzle gradually or every man be blind. Aren't we supposed to avoid slants and circuits and beating around the bush? Aren't we supposed to get right at that thesis statement? Aren't we supposed to be direct and clear and straight with people? Well, those of you in neuroscience will know that the truth of incoming sense data is always delivered slant to our brains or we'd blow all our circuits for the same reason we can't look directly at the sun. And basic physics teaches us that although white light is a great thing, it dazzles, as Dickinson says, in order to see color, we white light must be bent, slanted, refracted. Tell all the truth, but tell it slant. And I use that as a theme that then I can weave through poets like Margaret Atwood, whose poem Notes Towards a Poem That Can Never Be Written, is one in which she insists that truth must be told straight without slant or deviation in the interests of telling truth to power. So there's an example of a poet who attempts to refuse metaphor, but even in so doing, she says, the, the facts of this world, when seen clearly, are seen through tears. And there are poets whose role is actually to deliver that second, harsher story. Um, Margaret Atwood, for example, <laughs> who wrote a poem about the horrors of political violence during the Civil War in El Salvador, in which she says, the facts of this world seen clearly are seen through tears. Why then tell me there's something wrong with my eyes? To see clearly and without flinching, without turning away, this is agony. The eyes taped open two inches from the sun. So this is truth as shock and awe. This is the lightning in Dickens's poem. Atwood is saying that we must not swerve from the straight truth, from, say, speaking truth to power even if it means being blinded or being killed or disappeared for our truth-telling, as so many poets and thought leaders were under the Salvadorian regime. But notice, even Atwood says that in order to see the facts of this violent world clearly, we need to see them through tears of anger, horror, grief, Tears that will perhaps refract that blinding light two inches from the sun just enough, slanting it through the prism of our emotional responses so that we can bear it, so that we can bear witness to it effectively. The focus of my research in the last few years has been on the sub-discipline of eco-poetics or eco-poetry. One of the insights that I've gleaned from that study is that Eco-poetry, and more generally speaking, all of literature that is, um, that is intentionally ecological in its focus and that takes climate change and the related issues directly into account. And so one of the things I discovered within that is that the role literature can play 
in mitigating climate change is to make the facts of climate change available to readers who need to feel it emotionally. So there's a translation of the facts of climate change into an emotional language because, in fact, the scientists who do all the hard work of creating those IPCC reports are restrained by their discipline to take emotion out of the picture. Literature then can supplement the facts with the translation of those facts into emotional languages of poetry and of prose um, in order to make those facts not only accessible but to give them the proper impact emotionally on the reader in order to foster transformation and change and and to inspire um, activism, quite simply. So take, for example, of an eco-poem, Craig Santos Perez's Love Poem in a Time of Climate Change. I don't love you as if you were rare earth metals, diamonds, or reserves of crude oil that propagate war. I love you as one loves the most vulnerable species, urgently, between the habitat and the laws. I love you as the seed that doesn't sprout, but carries the heritage of our roots secured within a vault. And thanks to your love, the organic taste that ripens from the fruit still lives sweetly on my tongue. I love you without knowing how or when this world will end. I love you naturally, without pesticides or opioids. I love you like this because we won't survive any other way, except in this form in which humans and nature are kin, so close that your emissions of carbon are mine. So close that your sea rises with my heat. I need a glass of water. <laughs> now, there's something moving and yet disturbing in the way those final lines evoke our unavoidable complicity in global warming. That carbon, for example, the very basis of life on Earth and that we naturally breathe out and share via the proximity of sexual intimacy, is also the very element that, as a greenhouse gas, is rendering our habitat unlivable and that images of rising and heat that are the natural trademarks of erotic passion are also, by coincidence, terms that apply accurately and ominously to our expanding oceans. So telling it slant has a way of revealing hidden paradoxes as we hold up the multifaceted gem of the truth to the light and see different aspects of it line up in unexpected ways. With one more poem that might give us some hope going forward, one that brings us back to that story of hidden and perhaps ultimate connectedness. I'd like to think that this last poem can serve as a kind of beacon forward for us to what Charles Eisenstein calls that more beautiful world that our hearts know is possible. It was written by British poet Siegfried Sassoon during the utter hell of the First World War. 
so that the utopian ideal he describes here is self-evidently a product of his own desire and imagination. He's conjuring an ideal here that is all the more poignant for being the precise opposite of his day-to-day -day life of exploding shells in the muddy trenches. And sometimes our lives can seem a little bit like those trenches, metaphorically speaking. But this poem expresses instead what I wish for both you and for me as we peer forward into the next phase of our lives. It is called Idyll. In the grey summer garden I shall find you, with daybreak and the morning hills behind you. There will be rain-wet roses, stir of wings, and down the wood a thrush that wakes and sings. Not from the past you'll come, but from that deep where beauty murmurs to the soul in sleep. And I shall know the sense of life reborn from dreams into the mystery of morn where gloom and brightness meet. And standing there till that calm song is done, at last we'll share the league-spread choiring symphonies that are joy in the world and peace and dawn's one star. Where gloom and brightness meet. That place where we cry out with Bruce Coburn, Oh, love that fires the sun, keep me burning. Where, by taking a couple of deep breaths, we can recall that the burning tip of this present moment is ultimately the only moment we will ever actually have, here and now and that hiding within it, hiding in plain sight, is the truth, made slant so that we can see it. Thank you. Robert Lapp, head of the Mount Allison English Department, delivering this year's last lecture to the 2023 graduating class called Telling It Slant, How to Tell the Truth. Many thanks to Bruce Wark for that report. And that's it for Tantamar Report for this Tuesday, May 2nd. Thanks to the local donors who support the station and the Local Journalism Initiative for funding local news reporting throughout Canada. Get in touch with CHMA News anytime at news at chmafm.com. I'm Erica Butler. Thanks for listening. This is Eric, and you are listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. And now the weather. Today, rain, amount 10 to 20 millimeters, wind southeast 20 kilometers an hour, gusting to 40, increasing to 40, gusting to 60 earlier this morning, high of 10, UV index 1 or low. Tonight, showers or drizzle. Fog batches developing this evening, amount 2 to 4 millimeters, 
Wind southeast, 20 km an hour, becoming light near midnight, low of 6. Tomorrow, cloudy with 30% chance of showers. Fog patches dissipating in the morning. Wind becoming northeast, 20 km an hour, gusting to 40 late in the afternoon. High of 14, UV index 4 or moderate. Tomorrow night, showers, low plus 2. Wednesday, cloudy with 30... SappyFest 18 will be taking place this year in Sackville between August 4th and August 6th. Early bird weekend passes are now on sale. Limited quantities are available, so get them while you can. SappyFest is also excited to launch the sale of a special limited edition SappyFest print by Matt Horseman taken at SappyFest 17. Prints can be purchased on their own or as a ticket add-on. For full details on early bird passes, prints, and important event info, visit sappyfest.com slash tickets. Are you over 50, retired, and thinking about returning to the workforce? The Retiree Employment Agency is a free service that connects retirees with short-term employment opportunities that are less than 52 consecutive weeks of part-time or full-time work. This service has the objective of bringing retirees and employers together. With the help of the agency, retirees can put their experience to use or try something new, all the while helping employers address gaps in the labor market. For more information, contact Sherry McLeod at 506-777-2268. That's 506-777-2268. Hi, this is Rupan Majithia, and you're listening to CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick. Let's wrap it Hey, this is Hannah, and you're tuned into The Morning Show, only on CHMA 106.9 FM in Sackville, New Brunswick, the voice of the marshes.
got to do And all the times I had 